Welcome to Agents of Nothing, an episode-by-episode recap and analysis from the perspectives of a veteran and a new recruit. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We are your commanding officers. I'm Mariah. And I'm Caroline. And today we're going to be talking about Season 3, Episode 1, Laws of Nature. Yeah. So, Mariah, how was your week? It was great. I uh, I hung out with some friends that I haven't seen in a while, and that was really fun. That was a Taylor Swift line. <laughs> Hang out with you. Or, no. Who is it? See your friends you ain't seen in a while or something? Say hi to your friends you ain't seen in a while. From 15. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you got there. You got there. Eventually. <laughs> um, speaking of Taylor, I also stayed up all night to watch the Eras Tour Night 1 on TikTok Live. Yes! And I am so excited for us to go to our show. Oh my god. <laughs> I wonder what surprise song she's going to play. My wish is that she plays our song. I I would love that. But also... Long live. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> I need it so yeah. bad. I feel like... I feel like she's going to sing Long Live on at the National last. Night 1. Really? I feel like she... I felt like she was going to do that, like, on the last night of the tour. Yeah. I feel like all of the songs that I want her to sing, because we're Nashville Night 2, I feel like she's going to sing them at Night 1. Ugh. No! Taylor! <laughs> But we're going to be there. I know. <laughs> Save it for us. We're, the, we're her most important fans. <laughs> Why would she do this to us? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I'm, my God. But imagine how many celebrities are going to be at Nashville. Oh, you're right. Definitely. I So, since I am also, like, a gigantic Paramore fan, I... Man, I wanted to be at Glendale so bad. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh, was so good. I tried to watch their set, too, on live, but I couldn't keep up the stamina. I was like, I gotta wait for Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would that was a long... It would have been a very long night for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. So, yeah, so... I have finally... How was your week? I forgot to ask. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so selfish. okay. No, we were just excited. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I've been also thinking about Eras Tour, of course. Um, And I finally figured out what I'm going to wear, but I'm not going to tell y'all because I have to make it first. Um, And then I will, like, I'll reveal it probably when we actually go to the show so yeah for may 6th (laughs) keep an eye out (laughs) um but yeah i'm really excited about it i i feel like if it doesn't work out i hope it works out because she told me yeah um but if it doesn't work out i feel like junior jewels would be a good backup yeah for sure though it's an easy one i can pop that out in the night you know (laughs) yeah and you can write all of your friends' names. Yeah. But put mine, put mine up at the top at in the, the biggest top letters. where you can see it clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have I don't have that many friends, uh, so I'd probably have to start stretching, you know, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, we're very excited for Eras Tour, y'all, and it, we're only gonna keep talking about it. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be our 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 exclusives, <laughs> our 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 week things. Every time, just yep. like how many more days till it? <laughs> it's literally like a month and a half away. I'm. <sighs> I know it's so close. I've saved up like five hundred dollars for the trip. Nice. So. Awesome. I'm so excited. Okay, okay, we're going to get into the actual episode now. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Here we go. Let's do it. Um, so this episode was written by executive producers Jed Whedon and Marissa Tancherowen with Vincent Misiano directing, and it introduces... Introduces. It, in, it douches. It douches a new title graphic for the series. 
replacing the one that appeared for the first two seasons. I'm just not going to fix it. Don't. I think <laughs> we should say douches instead of introduces forever. Yeah. So who do, what douches do we meet in this character? <laughs> in this ca- Oh my god, hello? What douches do we meet in this character? Um, so... Yeah. We, d- <laughs> we didn't get a, um, a name for this first guy, but there was, like, the mean military-looking guy. Yeah. We don't know enough about Who's him. Who's bald. And we all He's know that... bald! <laughs> we all know that bald people are inherently evil. Of course. <laughs> I <laughs> that was a joke that started on um, our our exclusive, our subscriber exclusive paid episode for Iron Man. So yep. if you're not a subscriber, go and subscribe so that you can hear us talk about how bald people are inherently evil. Yep. <laughs> and I won't take it back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we also meet uh, Rosalind. Um and I, Rosalind sounds super familiar. Like, I feel like we've mentioned the name before. Or maybe, was there like a fort or something? Maybe. Fort I was Ros? like, I have a friend named Rosalind. <laughs> it's definitely about your friend Rosalind. I think that's, I think that's who it is. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, anyway, so those are the new... Hi, Rosalind. You don't listen, but what's up? <laughs> so those are our new douches. Those are our new douches in this character. Yep. So here we go. We open on a bleak scene of a demolished apartment. Someone took a fish oil supplement. Uh-oh. And there's half a stone person in the kitchen and debris through the living room leading to a large hole in the wall showing actually kind of a lovely view of the city minus the cranes but whatever um and then a man is stumbling through the streets asking nay begging for help but i guess everyone sees him fucking melting things that he touches so no one is sticking around long enough to find out if he will melt them too that's so scary i felt so bad for him i know like it's it's worse than like oh everything you touch turns to gold it like it melts yeah he's like he's scared so it it's only making it worse right yeah um so some military guys show up uh automatic weapons already trained on him of course and they're immediately talking about using lethal force now, I know that that's just an everyday occurrence for regular cops, but I'm pretty sure that was supposed to let us know that this is a very intense situation. Anyway, so now I'm curious if he has any control over it or if it only melts some materials or something, because, like, he melted the scaffolding that he touched, but then he didn't melt the car hood that he touched, but he did melt all of the soldiers' guns without touching them, but then he didn't melt the concrete that he touched, and he also didn't melt the wooden pallets that he touched... Or the clothes that he's wearing. Does he have jewelry? Did that melt already? What are the extent of his powers? <laughs> so he hides in an alley when Daisy, not Sky anymore, a bitch, and goddamn does she look fucking good with her new haircut. <laughs> this is the beginning of Sky's official name change to Daisy Johnson. And Chloe Bennett had to have her hair cut for this season to go along with the comic book version of Daisy Johnson. However, they went with a more fashion-forward style than in the comics. Interesting. In the comics, she has a nice, like, butch pixie cut. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So they're not really going along with the comic version, because it was definitely not a pixie cut at all. No. But like they said, it's fashion-forward. Yeah. She still cut her hair. <laughs> she cut her hair. It looks amazing. Uh, anyway, so, so yeah, so Daisy, Hunter, and Max show up. Daisy blows all of the military cops and their SUVs back down the street and then hustle the guy, Joey, into a fucking Wonka factory elevator that lifts him up all the way to the giant fucking shield plane in the sky. <laughs> and this is the introduction of the Zephyr, the aircraft replacing the bus. Okay, so that's what they call it. Yep. It'll get mentioned later in the season, but okay, that's not a spoiler. 
It's a spoiler. <laughs> it's a spoiler. It's the name of the plane. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so then the soldiers get in trouble with their boss. And I swear to God, this woman is in everything. Like, I just saw her recently in Big Sky and Good Trouble. I fucking love her. She's amazing. <laughs> anyway, so the boss lady tells them to hurry up and clean up their mess without drawing any more attention than they already have. She starts to get driven away, but not before Coulson gets a stealth picture of her. And damn, everybody looks so good. Coulson looks so good in his little spy coat. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. And then the new logo. Love it. Looked so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Do they change the logo every season or like with every new arc? I'll be honest, I don't remember. Okay. Um, but. <laughs> It does change a, f- a few times, I think, over the course of the series. Okay, gotcha. So Daisy stops by Joey's Wonkavator and tries to gently talk him down and tell him what to expect until he can lay down and try to calm down um, until the plane lands. She says, It may seem like your life has ended, but it's just gotten more interesting. I fucking love that line. <laughs> Daisy's so good at this. She is. Uh, God. Little therapist Daisy. Yeah. She had one therapy appointment and now she's just cured. <laughs> <laughs> she's just like me, for real. <laughs> um, also, Coulson loves his new plane. Oh my god. I love it too. It's so big. Yeah. Bigger is better. Just like Texas. <laughs> I don't know. I was about to say, and everything's bigger <coughs> in Texas. Yeah. I was trying to find a, a way to fit Texas into there, but I, it's not. It's not <laughs> all better. <laughs> it, anyway. Um, so, Colson and Daisy catch us up on what's been going on with new Inhumans being created and then abducted and collected, seemingly, by that boss lady uh, while they have no idea why. And then Morse is here. She lived. She's still working here. She's good. Um, she greets Joey as his Wonkavator box uh, gets lowered into a larger room made of the same material that he can't melt. <clears throat> and she she tells him what to expect in terms of like medical examinations and handing over his clothes for analysis after he changes and things like that. Dr. Bobby. Okay. Look at her go. So good. (laughs) Everybody's like in like just a slightly different role and I love it. Yeah. Growth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Joey tries to be like, you don't know me. And she's like, I totally do. I looked up your Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that they throw in that he had an ex-boyfriend like just because they could. This is what normalization looks like, folks. Yeah, and this is, at the time, this was the first openly gay character in the MCU. Wow. Oh my god. 2015, y'all. It's all happening. (laughs) It's all happening. Um, So she says something about his ex being a health nut that was always after Joey to take better care of himself, but that Joey didn't get a membership, a, a gym membership, until after they broke up. And isn't it just like a man to only do the things you wanted them to do in a relationship after y'all break up? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I also love that S.H.I.E.L.D. has been, like, telling him what to expect. Um, because that is what differentiates S.H.I.E.L.D. from other organizations who would just have done the examination and analysis part without any of the explanation part. They would have been like, hand over your clothes right now, instead of, whenever you change, if you could just throw your old clothes in that box over there so we can analyze them. And Like, I just love it. (laughs) Consent. Consent kings. Yes, and queens. And royalty. I don't know if they have any... No, they're all kings. Oh, okay. (laughs) King, the gender neutral term. Yes. (laughs) Um... So, Coulson, Hunter, and Mac discuss who this new big bad boss could be. 
Um, and she apparently has quite a string of aliases who all had stints working with the CIA, MI6, the CDC, etc., which makes her nearly impossible to track. In the background, you can see Coulson has the axe that Mac used to cut off his hand hanging on the wall in the office. Oh my god! I missed it. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if that was like a, you can't ever use this again, or like a, look what fucking did this kind of thing, you know? I mean, Coulson is just quite the collector, and, um... He does like to collect interesting things. It was more like, this is a memento, this is a reminder of what happened to me. <laughs> like, like, the prosthetic arm wasn't enough of a reminder. <laughs> and also, there's another thing later on that, uh, that we'll mention. Okay. That he, uh, that he kept. <laughs> interesting. Okay, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> So, so yeah, so Coulson has some hardware for the team to analyze in the lab to start off, um, but Hunter refuses to bring said hardware to Morse, of course, because they left off in such a good place at the end of the last season, and now they have to hate each other again or they lose all relevance to the plot. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the least compelling couple. I, there was literally... A scene at the end that I, I literally was like, I'm not writing about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Um, so Coulson accidentally calls Daisy Sky and Mac corrects him. And Coulson's like, damn, that's hard to get used to. And Mac and Hunter both say, no, it's only you. You're the only one having a hard time with it. Fucking trans representation now, too. They are killing it so far. And this is all in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> It reminds me of our interview with Tina. Yeah. Where she was saying that as soon as the Daisy thing happened, like, they had to stop calling her Sky whatsoever. Yeah. Like, no mention of the name Sky ever again. It was Daisy. <laughs> I love it. This was, this was the only mention of it in this episode, so I'm assuming that they never say the name Sky again uh, in the shows. But My dad was... <laughs> My dad was so confused by it, too. He was, he was like, Coulson. He was like, they're just going to change her name in season three? They're going to change a whole character's name in season three? <laughs> in season three? <laughs> what are they thinking? <laughs> that, was, that was the sticking point for him. He was like, in season three? <laughs> oh, Keith. <laughs> Uh, I miss him. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, listen, it was a bold choice of them to to do that in season three. He's right. (laughs) It was. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like, I feel like they gave Coulson that line for people like your dad, who would be like, in season three? (laughs) In season three? (laughs) I feel like that's going to be our new catchphrase for the, for this season. Anything weird that happens, we're going to be like, in season three? In season three? <laughs> um, I love it. <laughs> Add that to the merch. <laughs> in season three? Question mark, exclamation point. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> moving on. So next, Coulson and Mac discuss Joey and explain how his powers work, finally. Thank God. I was wondering. Um, so he can liquefy certain metals, not all metals, um, at a distance of up to three meters. And that actually seems like it would come in handy. I mean, especially with him, like, melting all of the weapons that were pointed at him. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. So, speaking of, Daisy and Mac go visit Joey in his room. Joey refers to Daisy as the greeting party and Mac as the muscle. But Mac says, trust me, she's the muscle. <laughs> and Mac is the teddy bear. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> I need everyone to know that I wrote, I love him. L-U-B-B-H-E-E-M. I love that you included B-B. I love you. Love you, yeah, B-B. B-B. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
So Daisy explains uh, that Joey is an inhuman and his dormant alien gene was activated by Terrigen being released into the ecosystem. Joey laughs at first, but the moment sobers when they tell him that he won't be able to go back to his life ever. And honestly, tell me why I started getting emotional when he was talking about like, it's been a long time. It's taken a long time to build a life where I'm actually comfortable, much less happy. I'm not about to toss it. Ugh. Just broke my heart. Poor Joey. Like, I really, I can't imagine how hard this is for these people. Like, they have lives, friends, families, and they have to leave it all behind because they just randomly get powers. Yeah. Ugh. I was going to skip over it, but I think I'm going to say it. Um, that part, okay. I, it just resonated so much for me because I, uh, like, I've always struggled with depression and, like, uh, have been suicidal at several points. Um, and I just, for so much of my life, I couldn't picture myself in the future. I couldn't picture myself being 18, 21, 25. Um, and now, like... Obviously, I still have goals to meet and, like, things that I want to work on and stuff, but I actually feel really stable in a lot of aspects of my life right now, and I, like, I've felt happy more often than not for the last six, nine months, um, and, like, I never, I never thought that I would reach that point, and so I am finally at a point where I, I resonate with not wanting to to lose that like I've I've never I always would have joked about like can't relate (laughs) I don't want to toss my life like (laughs) um but I I don't think I would even joke about that now like because I feel I feel good and I it's yeah so I love that line Here's a here's a shout out to all of the the teenagers that listen to our podcast. I promise yeah. it does get better. It yeah. I promise it does. It may take a while, but you'll get there. Yeah. That was why I wanted to mention. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, so Daisy and Mac turn on the news um, as Joey is starting to like try and leave, and it's. A, several stories about him and the destruction that was caused by him running through the city and people like having spotted him describing him there's like a warrant out for him and he is sufficiently freaked out but still trying to leave um and then in the the argument that follows he makes the mistake of grabbing daisy in his panic and she throws him against the wall knocking him out um, and, like, the power flickers in the entire facility. A warning God, shot. she's so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> so, Coulson visits Morse in the lab and asks about the monolith, the which is what we're calling the liquid rock thing. Um, but y'all already knew that. I just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> They've gotten exactly nothing from it since it swallowed Simmons. And believe her, Fitz has tried... And we'll continue trying. The rest of the lab is working on figuring out what else could have the Terrigen in it besides just fish oil. The reveal that the Terrigen has spread into the Earth's ecosystem was further set up for the Inhumans film that Marvel Studios had plans for, but it never came to be. So Coulson hands over the hardware thing that Hunter was too scared to bring to Morse. And Morse says, ah, to find the mystery girl. And Coulson says, I'm sure she'd prefer mystery woman. Okay, feminist Coulson. All right. <laughs> so this is the other thing that uh, collector Coulson has kept. You can see Coulson's fossilized hand in a case in the lab while Coulson is talking to Bobby. Ew, uh, Coulson. <laughs> Phil, what? <laughs> Uh, okay, honestly, I probably would have done that too, actually. It's his. <laughs> yeah. It makes it makes sense that they would want to study it. But like, yeah. close it. Come on. Ew. <laughs> Come on. At least like that's not just in his office though. It's like in the lab. Yeah. I'd put it in the office. 
Once, once they're done studying it, I'd be like, can I have it? Can I have it? <laughs> I'd put it? it right next to the axe. <laughs> like, pro- like, close <laughs> them. <laughs> <laughs> so, per Coulson's request, Morse calls Fitz to tell him that he's needed in the lab. Fitz asks her to cover for him again because he's on another one last lead for the monolith. And it turns out he's in fucking Morocco. <laughs> and look at him in those shades. Damn. Look at Fitz go. He's a big boy now. Yes. I love him being like, I don't know, a man. <laughs> yeah. He's not a boy. He's not a boy anymore. He's a man. Yeah. He's not, like, he's still cute, but he's not just cute anymore. He's hot. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting to the, he's really getting to the point where he's like, damn, Fitz. Sexy. Yeah. Sexy Fitz. Hashtag sexy Fitz. <laughs> There's just something so, so hot about a man with nothing to lose, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so in Morocco, Fitz's car arrives at his destination and the place is bustling with people. His driver tells him, a man like you should not go in there alone, though I will not go with you. (laughs) (laughs) That made me laugh for so long. I love a man who, like, knows the dangers and his own limits. (laughs) Yes. That place sucks, but I'm... Have at it. (laughs) I'm not going. You shouldn't go, and I'm not going with you. (laughs) So you can figure out why you shouldn't go. (laughs) Fitz reaches the bouncers of his destination and asks to see their boss, Yusuf Haddad, to discuss what Fitz has in his briefcase. And then they just, like, put a hood over his head to kidnap him, which is fucking rude, but also the driver knew what he was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So Mac checks in with Morse in the lab, and they have differing opinions on whether Fitz not giving up hope on Simmons is a good thing or not. But they do agree that neither one of them wants to be the one to tell him to stop. Morse has Mac look over some gun, a handgun, I guess. Um, And Mac has thoughts about it, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That dialogue went straight over my head. I have no idea what they were talking about. (laughs) I was was like, yeah, sure sounds like they know what they're talking about. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They know something about this. Uh, I guess. Um, and it comes up that Hunter is not speaking to Morse. Morse knows why, and Mac is very upset about it. Very dramatic. It was a whole thing. (laughs) Um, Fitz, we're back to the important action. (laughs) The stuff that we actually (laughs) care about. Fitz is finally woken up and brought in to talk to Yusuf. Yusuf was not able to open Fitz's briefcase without him, and so he, of course, demands for Fitz to open it in exchange for letting him live. Which, Fitz was so, so right. (laughs) He was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he explains it later, but, like, he... It was so funny for them to be like, you need to open this or we're going to kill you. You can't... You're still not going to be able to open it. (laughs) (laughs) You can kill him, but then that won't help anybody. (laughs) So, so yeah. So Fitz says no. Um, He wants a scroll that was convolutedly connected to the monolith and that Yusuf's men apparently stole from a museum recently. Uh, Fitz says that it's that or nothing. And then the briefcase will be completely useless to them without Fitz regardless. So they should probably give him what he wants. (laughs) Um, so Yusuf brings over the scroll. Fitz follows through and opens the case to reveal a set of splinter bombs. He explains how they work and that, like, no remains are left behind. So then Yusuf gets Fitz to admit that he loves Simmons! (laughs) We know. (laughs) We already knew this. Yeah. And then Yusuf fucking detonates a splinter bomb towards Fitz! The fuck? But he's fine. It's okay. He runs back to his cab with guns firing at him, and he drives away without his driver. <laughs> Damn, Fitz. He killed it. I he love did. that the splinter bombs were, like, a fake out. Yeah. Like, it was like a flash bomb. It was amazing. 
I didn't realize that that's what it was, but yeah. (laughs) He did so good. Very smart. Very smart. (laughs) Um, so Mac and Daisy debrief with Colson about what happened with Joey. Mac was not being the teddy bear that Daisy made him out to be, unfortunately. And now Joey is as terrified as ever. It's okay. I still love him. (laughs) He still looks like a teddy bear. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Daisy says that she wants to ask Lincoln for help again. Mac and Coulson agree. Mac begrudgingly. But Daisy and Mac head out to go talk to him together. Morse has finally found something on our mystery woman because of her connection to something called DARPA. Everything is an acronym in this world. (laughs) So that's actually a real thing. I went and looked it up. The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency is a research and development agency of the United States Department of Defense responsible for the development of emerging technologies for use by the military. Oh... Everything is an r- acronym in our world. <laughs> <laughs> CIA, DARPA. Yeah. D- uh, there's others. CDC. Yeah, that one. <laughs> DOD. Uh, NASA. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, so, yeah. So, she's connected to DARPA. Um and Morse has cyber-stalked this woman enough to uh, find out that the only time that she is alone is on the subway home for after work. So Colson and Hunter show up on that train, of course. And it turns out she's not alone on the damn train. She and her security detail that are posted all around the train were in fact waiting for Colson himself. Oh shit, she's good. She really is. <laughs> And she was so smooth, too. He was like, he was like, uh, what did he say? You're hard to get alone or something? And she was like, really? Because you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so she introduces herself as Rosalind. The character Rosalind Price is introduced, portrayed by Constant Zimmer. And Love Zimmer that. once portrayed Patton Oswalt's girlfriend on the sitcom King of Queens in 1998. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. It's literally, she's been in fucking everything. Yeah. I love her so much. I love all the older actors on this show have, like, been in things with each other before. Like. Yeah. It's so funny to me. They're all connected. (laughs) They're all connected. I guess when you're in the business long enough, like, you get cast alongside a lot of people. Yeah. True. (laughs) So... Colson says everything that he knows about her and also says, I feel like I'm talking to a ghost. And then she's like, and I'm talking to a corpse, which was excellent, honestly. A zinger. They should call her Constance Zinger. <laughs> yeah, they should. Even though that's not the character's name, it's the actress's name, but still. <laughs> I love her. Okay. <laughs> so uh, they continue trying to intimidate each other from opposite sides of the train. Um, Rosalind refers to Tahiti and that it's a magical place. Does she really know about it? Or has she just heard the name? We don't know. And then she finally gets to the question that she wants to ask, which is, where are you hiding them? Hiding who? Mm-hmm. Whoa. That was, like, the weakest whoa I've ever said. Whoa. 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 Um, So Lincoln is working at a hospital and finds that his next patient is none other than Daisy Johnson. She and Mac ask for his help with the new Inhuman, but Lincoln doesn't want to go back into that world now that he's started building a normal life for himself. Mac tries to threaten Lincoln into staying to hear Daisy out, but Lincoln says he doesn't take orders from anyone anymore. And honestly, that was so stupid of Mac to say that because he's going to stop him. (laughs) And it's also like, now he's really not going to want to work with you. Come on. Yeah. What are you doing? (laughs) This is not how you entice someone. (laughs) So Rosalind and Coulson are still on the train talking and Coulson asks, who do you answer to? 
And Rosalind's like, Mr. Coulson, it is others who answer to me. Oh my god! <laughs> okay! Fucking girl bossin'. Gerblossin. <laughs> Gerbloss. <laughs> Gas keep, gate light, gerbloss. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so then she reveals that her organization is not the ones killing all the Inhumans that they found. And she thought that S.H.I.E.L.D. was doing that. Are they going to work together now? Oh, my God. Ooh. Is she really the big bad? Or are we just being set up to think so? Or is she just a medium bad? <laughs> she's like uh, she's like Talbot. <laughs> just <laughs> a little confused. But got the right spirit. A medium bad. <laughs> um, so while Lincoln and Mac are having a fucking dick measuring contest, suddenly the power in the hospital starts flickering. And the three of them run out to sounds of screams and watch as a security guard gets fucking blasted. Um, and then a voice demands to know where the inhuman is. And then a giant fucking Sonic the Hedgehog comes through the doorway and sees Lincoln and Daisy and says, never mind. <laughs> Honestly, that was the funniest fucking line and being like, never mind. <laughs> um, so Lincoln throws a shock at him and then Daisy throws him back with her powers and then Mac shoots him. Of course. <laughs> so Sonic draws a portal in the wall and then runs through. Um, Daisy and Mac follow through the hole in the wall and Lincoln looks back to see a nurse calling someone while staring at him. So he follows Daisy as well. And my initial reaction literally was, oh, his life. <laughs> a recurring theme here, I see. Yeah. Oh, his life. So Coulson and Rosalind's phones both start ringing at the same time, which can only mean that it's inhuman related. Rosalind goes to a different train car to take her call, and Coulson tells the guard that he'll need to take Coulson's phone out of his pocket to stop it from ringing. And when he does, Coulson removes his prosthetic arm and escapes the cuffs, <laughs> which was amazing. <laughs> um, and then they use the guard's own tech to blow their way out of the train car, of course. These are super spies. International super spy. Super spy. <laughs> For anyone who also oh. listens to the Recovering Gleek podcast, I forgot how that song went, and <clears throat> I started singing it to the tune of their um, international listener. <laughs> oh, my God. I wonder if we have any international listeners. We should have our own... We should have a theme song for our listeners. We should have a theme song for everything, but it would take too much time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess... We definitely we, we definitely like, do have international listeners, though. Yeah. Hey, all the international have listeners, they, what's up? Have they been emailing us? A few. We've gotten, uh, we've gotten one... At least one from Mexico. Uh... Oh. I think one from England or Europe in general. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Cool. Oh my God. Hi, international listeners. What's, what should our, we can't steal recovering Gleeks, but now that's all. No, we already stole their bonus <laughs> Jonas episode thing. International. <laughs> <laughs> um, international. Listener. <laughs> Hello. Okay. okay. Back to the episode. <laughs> um, so, uh, Daisy, Lincoln, and Monster... Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Daisy, Lincoln, and Mac fight the monster again before he gets away. Um, and then the fucking cops show up saying to use lethal force. Of course! And Daisy tells Lincoln to come with them since his life is in danger. But he says his life is in ruins. Aw, his life. <laughs> Max stops Daisy from chasing after Lincoln and then they head back to the plane. 
Um, oh, here's the part. I, I can we skip over the Hunter Morse ring ring scene because I'm I skipped over it. <laughs> I did not care about it. Uh, anyway, I from their conversation, I am assuming that Hunter is going after Ward, which is the only way that Ward is going to be still in our lives, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you had the same reaction as me to all of the wardship where it's just like can we just be rid of him can he just, just be die done. can He's he just not die this anymore <laughs> uh, i mean listen for i forgot his name brett dalton yeah <laughs> i'm sorry brett <laughs> For Brett Dalton, I'm glad that he still has a job. I'm really happy for him. But I'm so done. <laughs> so done with Ward. I don't care. <laughs> Did anybody still care at this point? Because I don't see how they could. I mean, I certainly didn't. But I, I acknowledge that they just loved Brett Dalton so much that they wanted to keep him coming back. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is, like, good for him. I'm glad that he was employed. <laughs> but, like, I wish they would have gone with the... If anything, I wish they would have gone with the the Tahiti idea to, to wipe his memories and have him just start over, you know? Yeah. That actually would have been nice. <laughs> yeah. Because he's just, like... He's just, like, kind of a villain, but, like, has no weight no bearing on anything. <laughs> I guess that's why they had uh, Hunter still focus on that, because he also has no bearing on anything. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then the fucking president of the United States apparently gives a press conference to villainize any and all alien type people, places, and things. And Coulson says, people really do answer to her, don't they? <laughs> The episode makes mention of several MCU films, including Marvel's The Avengers, Thor The Dark World, Captain America The Winter Soldier, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man, while the appearance of wow. President Ellis and his announcement of an anti-superhuman task force are the beginning of the series tying in with Captain America Civil War. As Whedon says, uh, when we came into the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the first films, there were very, very few people with powers. Now they're in a new world, and the rules are going to have to change. A lot of those same themes from the film will be addressed on our show. How they tie in is a question mark for all involved, but we would definitely be dealing with some of those same themes. Cool. And the presidential address was broadcast by the fictional news station WHIH, which has been seen throughout the MCU. Oh yeah, that sounds familiar. I feel like we've mentioned them before. We have, I'm pretty sure. Ugh. I think my neighbors just started their dryer. <laughs> it's okay. So I'm sorry for the rest of this episode if you hear uh, machine noises <laughs> or like a just. We're a almost done, anyways. Uh, okay. Apartment living, y'all. <laughs> um. So. The president also responds to a question about an alien contagion by saying that it's all rumors and lies, of course. Like, I don't... First of all, COVID flashbacks. <laughs> um, but also, why does the U.S. president even have authority over this? Because I feel like this affects the entire world. Like, who decided this? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I guess just because it, the show was made in America, MCU is based in America, and so <laughs> everything is America-centric, so the president gets yeah. to decide what happens to the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joey tells Daisy that he doesn't want to have to live with a secret again like he did before he came out, um, which is valid, but Daisy said that the world isn't ready to hear his particular secret. Which was a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Um, Fitz finally makes it back to the lab where Coulson is waiting for him alone. Fitz explains that he's finally found the answer that he's been looking for. Coulson asks what the newest theory is since he's had so many. 
Coulson mentions the PIM Technologies disaster to Fitz while Fitz is trying to find out information about the monolith. This is a reference to Ant-Man, which came out two months prior to the new season. Oh, okay. So, if I was informed about the MCU, <laughs> I would have known this. <laughs> um, Fitz says that the answer to where Simmons is is on the scroll. He opens it and it says one word in Hebrew. Death. I feel like I said that in so <laughs> such a happy tone. It's death! It's fine. <laughs> it's death! Um... <laughs> in season three? <laughs> um, so Coulson tells Fitz that they all need to accept that Simmons is gone and begin to move on. And then he just leaves, like, not even a hug. Coulson? God. Coulson tells Fitz that he is going to go to Sheffield to let Simmons' parents know she has been lost. Sheffield is the birthplace of Elizabeth Hinstridge, the actress that plays Simmons. Aww. They just threw that in there. I love that. And Fitz is breaking my heart in this episode. I know. Ugh. That that whole sequence from... I mean, the whole episode, but, like, from him coming back and being like, I... I have to figure this out like I finally have the scroll and this is it this is it and then it's like not the answer that he wanted and uh the the tears to the resolve to the anger screaming at the monolith Ian can truly do it all I'm obsessed with him Fitz is really not fucking around lately like this has hardened him yeah definitely he was so he was so young and sweet <laughs> I know Ian DeCastaker was named TV Line's performer of the week for the week of September 27th 2015 for his performance in this episode particularly the As scene at the should. end of the episode where Fitz yells at the monolith yes uh, to do something and like he couldn't even think of anything else to say just do something fucking do something oh my god so good so good so now it's time for the post content content <laughs> you always do that that like trail off at the end and it's so good <laughs> <laughs> thank you um and simmons isn't dead i'd recognize that breathing anywhere <laughs> <laughs> that's what i thought too <laughs> they didn't show her at first but you heard her and i was like that's her <laughs> it's iconic that's simmons breathing <laughs> <laughs> I love the things that are, like, the tiniest things that are so uh, iconic to the people that they belong to. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, one time I saw Jensen Ackles in H-E-B, and I knew it was him because I turned around and, uh, like, did a double take, and then I saw his bow legs, and I was like, that's him! It's the same thing. <laughs> That's so wild. I, I still, I I still like, can't hard. believe that happened to you. I know. <laughs> and I didn't get to say hi to him. Oh. God. It's... One day... I, it's too long for him to even remember what, what it was that he was doing. But one day I'm going to meet him for real and I'm, I'm going to ask him about it. And it... Yeah. <laughs> yeah I oh my god I I feel like if something like that happened to me um I've heard of this happening to people before and this is something that would absolutely that I would do um someone said that they met like saw someone that was famous that they like really liked in a public place and they just went hi 
And <laughs> and the, the person yeah. was so confused and was like, hi? And then they just, like, moved on. <laughs> that would happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> Same. I think, I think we would have similar reactions. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that it was him until it was too late. And then I, you know everything that I saw was like flooding back and I was like oh he's having a bad day because <laughs> like for for like a millisecond after I realized it was him I was like should I go back should I like tap him on the shoulder and say hi chase after him um but then I was like he was holding only a mop and like going to check out and it's 8 30 in the morning on like a random Wednesday and this is not the H-E-B that you would see a celebrity at, celebrity at. So I don't know what he's doing here. <laughs> he is having a bad fucking day. So <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm just going to like turn into the nearest aisle and like scream into the paper towels. Um, yeah. Anyway. So yeah. So <laughs> Simmons breathing. Iconic. Knew it was her. Yeah. Um, she's running through like a desert planet hiding from something what the fuck (laughs) so filming for the alien planet occurred in a work quarry in simi valley and in northridge los angeles near the mojave desert okay that's cool in a quarry i honestly don't know what a quarry is um i've heard the term before i don't know what it is either (laughs) i feel like the only thing that comes to mind is like rocks (laughs) rocks <laughs> That's a quarry. do they make rocks at a quarry i don't know a quarry a place typically a large deep pit from which stone or other materials are or have been extracted oh uh, so rocks <laughs> yeah hey I like a it. limestone quarry <laughs> weird interesting i love that it was a great they did great it looked awesome <laughs> Looked like a. It really looked like an alien planet. planet. Yep. <laughs> so overall thoughts. Um, I had a, a few thoughts on this episode. So I feel like, I feel like it wasn't my favorite, writing wise. Like some of the, like the scene between Coulson and Rosalind. I feel like it just kind of kept going on for a little too long, um, but. They also were, like, giving us a lot of information in that. So I I feel like it... I, while I didn't really love the episode, uh, like, writing-wise, it definitely, like, set up a lot of a lot of new and interesting arcs for the season that I'm very excited for. Um, and also, it was so progressive. <laughs> Gay rights, trans <laughs> rights, women's rights? Hell yeah. Hell Yeah. So, it was announced that Season 3 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will introduce the Secret Warriors to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, assembled by director Coulson and led by Daisy Johnson. In Season 3? Oh my god. In Season 3? Secret (laughs) Warriors? In Season 3? Wow! (laughs) And this is the first episode of the series to not feature an appearance by Ming-Na Wen. That was so sad. I'm glad that she's... (laughs) taking her time but I miss her (laughs) yeah yeah oh yeah well that concludes our episode on season three episode one laws of nature wow I can't believe we've made it this far (laughs) (laughs) next week we'll be covering season three episode two purpose in the machine so stay tuned for that okay bye bye love you